fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. Nylander starting out with Tavares. Nylander working in on the left wing. Nylander driving the net and a goal. He scores. Holy Mackinac, Willie. Sweden. You know, get pucks deep, bring the puck deep, put pucks in deep, just put the puck deep, getting pucks out, getting pucks deep, pucks in deep, pucks in deep, pucks deep, pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep. Mike Ross here, public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Coleman. What episode is it? 113. 113. 113. 113. It's hard to remember sometimes what episode it is. When That's how long it's been. When you take seven months. Was it seven months? I don't know, dude. Six. I counted six. Is it actually six? I was... Well, when... May? I guess. I Early don't know. We're not, nobody said there'd be math Late in June. this show, okay? So, welcome back, everybody. Pucks and D Podcast. We are back. That's right. We are not dead, as right. some of our listeners had feared. We are not retired, and for the foreseeable future, i.e. Uh, 12 months, we're going to be continuing to record the podcast because we paid for it. Ah, so, I owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> you do owe me money, and we will continue to record the podcast for at least another season because of the simple fact that we paid for it. So, uh, yeah, we're back. Welcome back, Lesko. I haven't seen you in uh, dog's age, as they say. Not since Quebec on the Black River. That's right. Another Riviera party. Noir. Yeah, another party. What a show, too. That, that one was better than the than the previous year. Big time. Right? The vibes were off the charts. Vibes were off the charts that night. Yes, they were. That was a good night. Um, we haven't played in a little, in a little while. Um, Halloween? Yeah, I think it was Halloween. And then we don't play again. We have a private party, Christmas party on the res. Oh. On the 8th of December, a private party. And it's going to be a hoot. A couple left-handers floating around, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, Probably sure. free J's for the boys, free I J's. imagine. Oh, there's always free J's for the boys when yeah. you play on the res. Yeah, no doubt. So really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, we don't have anything public booked for a little while, but... Yeah, I'm okay with it, man. I mean, I got the baby obviously at home here, and things are going extremely well on that front. Um, I'm speaking as the father of the <laughs> child, so obviously it's going well for me. Uh, she doesn't need to be connected to me 24-7. What's the ratio? Are you like 25%? What? Do you ratio feel? of what? Of like involvement, involvement? at this point. No, because obviously the earliest days are like the heaviest mother time, right? Yeah, but you see, so I, I feel, I mean, maybe I'm just – you know, blowing my own horn here, but I feel like I've been very attentive and very uh, active in, in the, in the baby department. Like if I'm home, I'm changing the diaper. So you're above and beyond. Yeah. Like I'm trying to like, and, and if she's awake in the middle of the night, like I'm springing up and I'm going now often, like I am a deep sleeper and I sometimes don't know. I don't hear it. Kirstie's a little upset because I don't hear it. And so, I, I so told, she have permission to wake you. In that scenario? Oh, I've told her before. I said, just wake me the fuck up. Right. Then. Like, elbow me in the ribs and tell me you go do it. Are and, you hard to rise? 
I'm apparently pretty hard to rise. Really? And, and that's statistically or historically is, is a fact because I slept through the fire alarm at my house. Ooh. Way b- like back at my parents' <laughs> house uh, when we were getting babysat. Oh. And I was, the, it was just like a toaster, you know, and the smoke detector went off. There wasn't an actual fire, but <laughs> I'm upstairs just sleeping away when I was a kid. <laughs> so I'll sleep through her cries. And like, Kiersey's kind of given me the gears about it recently, like just a couple of days ago. And I was like, you know, without trying to be this like sarcastic asshole, which I can tend to be, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, sorry, babe, no problem. I'll just totally change. I'll change that. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll start waking up now when there are loud noises. Like I said to yeah. her, like, what do you... She's the medical expert. Does she know something she's not telling you? I don't know. I was like, what do you want me to even do about it though? Like, it's not like... There's I, nothing you could do about that. It's not like that. I'm choosing to... Yeah. ignore it like if i if i heard it and i ignored it then that's you me. would have to like get the monitor to like broadcast maybe in like headphones in your ears maybe to but get to get yeah i wonder yeah. if you i wonder if you could sleep through that That'd all right but anyway moving on from that it's uh, <coughs> she's she's great man it's just been an unbelievable time i love being a dad so you were as a dad you were up early watching the maple leafs sunday morning I yeah assume. yeah a little breakfast in bed some coffee Ooh. Uh, I didn't like make breakfast in bed or anything. I went to Irving. Okay. Um, got some coffee and we came back. But you went you know, back to bed. You made a point about that. Yeah, yeah. We went back and laid in the bed and had Everly there uh, with us and, you know, in the middle. She she enjoys looking at the projector. Yeah, that's what's nice about it is it's not a screen. Oh, yeah. It's not a screen forcing LEDs into her eyeballs. Right. It's just a soft projection onto the cream she doesn't need sunglasses the, the off-white color wall right yeah exactly let's go and the brightness is is pretty low so for her it's just a big picture on the wall of things moving around she doesn't know what the hell's going on but she's interested by it and she i can see she enjoys looking at it and we both feel a little bit better that it's not a screen being like shown in, in her face i don't know if that really matters or whatever but baby's developing right like you don't yeah. want them i don't want her to be in front of a screen all the time basically right uh, at that young age but yes yeah, she enjoys it and uh it's it's been great. We're getting a little bit more sleep lately, which is good. Uh, a lot of work still going on at the uh, at the house, of course. Inside, uh, got some floors done recently. That was a big a big step in the right direction. Top to bottom, that place, eh? Pretty much. It hasn't stopped since you you moved here. No, it hasn't. There how, are how many years has it been? Three years. It'll be well. Uh, it'll be three of ownership. Right. But we lived here for, for a year prior. Yeah, four then. As a tenant. But we were doing shit then too, like because it was yep. it was a disaster. And we said to the guy, like, "Look, it's your property. We're not going to go do all this stuff. But can we please clean? Like, can we please figure this out? Do you mind?" And he was like, "Oh, obviously, go ahead." So then we started tearing shit down and cutting trees down, all this different stuff. So it's been a work in progress since we got here. And to be honest with you, dude, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm having a good time doing it. I have to try and dial Kirsty back a little bit on all the projects and maybe just taking a breather for once. Like, how about a couple weekends to ourselves for one time? You gotta. Exactly, right? And then with no, with no band uh, gigs booked on the schedule, it has been nice last couple of weekends just to, like, take Everly out on the town, take her to the mall, take her to Home Depot and go check out some different lights and trim and whatever, you know? Run, in, run into people, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it's not, to some degree, like, I, I have been... Uh, selfishly excited to show her off because she is so cute. Like she is unbelievably cute and it's nice to take her out 
and people fawn over her. I never realized it would be that way. <laughs> no, but I never realized that it would be that way until I was a dad. And I don't really care about other things. Like you buy a, you buy a sexy car and you can't wait for people to pat you on the back and tell you what a nice car you have. Or, you know, people just want to be kind of, uh, what's that word? Fascist? Is that, that word? Is that what that word means? I don't think so. What is that word where you're uh, materialistic? Materialistic. materialistic. <laughs> what's fascist again? That's way worse. <laughs> That's way worse. <laughs> You're talking about Nazis. <laughs> okay, forget I said that. Jesus We're Christ. We're so far off the rails. Forget I said that. Oh anyway, God. you're not materialistic, but it's it's your it's your kid. Like I never understood what it was like to be you're a dad. You're that um and it's very exciting. You you're becoming that family guy scene where he's like uh here, you want to look at pictures of my kids and just starts <laughs> punching the guy in the face like with the wallet, the kids' yes, pictures in there? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, but the funny part about that is, Lesko, is I actually am the exact opposite of that. So what I just said about bringing her around, it's nice because I'm just bringing her around. It's like my baby. I'm not strolling her over and going, hey, random stranger, look at my baby. Look how cute my baby is. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing that, but I just have her with me and I'm happy to have her with me and people are looking at her and I know it's cute. Um, you know, versus what you just said. Hey, take a look at all these pictures. Like, I don't show anyone any pictures of Everly unless they ask. Uh, I okay. have not done that one time. That's good. I have not one time. So you've learned from the Family Guy that. Well, yeah, but my mom and dad notwithstanding. Because right. they, they, they can't wait to see oh, every yeah. picture. I go, oh, dad, you got to check out this picture. Well, that's just Everly. the way it is now. Everybody's taking yeah. thousand pictures of everything. And so it's just whether you post and send whether people post, those yeah. thousands of pictures. Well, and you have me on socials. I mean, how many times have I posted about Everly? On I'm not sure. Like zero. Once or twice. <laughs> like maybe a couple Once? times, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Birth. <laughs> Birth. Yeah, exactly. Big news. <laughs> Big news. Let you know when she graduates. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that's my life in a nutshell. What have you been up to? Man, just fall stuff, dude. Yeah. Just big property guy chores and other property guy chores. So cottage closing, oh, right. getting the yard, getting That's a tough one. you know months worth of leaves out of the yard, and taking all the toys home, all that kind of stuff. But uh, how are uh, things settling uh, in at, uh, at at El Dorado? Been good, man. Been good. Starting to make it a little bit more our own. Your own, yeah. Yeah, putting our stamp on it, kind of thing, and. Uh, you know, keeping up with everything has just been a big, big adjustment so far. But uh, you know, definitely cozy, enjoying the quiet country living again. And, nice. You know, thankfully I like landscaping and yeah, probably the most exercise I got. Probably put on ten kilometers a week just hiking around the yard, picking up shit. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, from the time that you lived in North Bay to the time that you spent uh, in town in Pembroke, like how long had it been since you would have been defined a been country? Like Fifteen years, right? Since yeah. I moved out of there, I guess, and then I moved back in, something like that. Fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixteen years. So I mean, uh, yeah. you're feeling more at home in the country, the quiet living man. versus the city. The yeah. Stars. Yeah, nice. The quiet hospital right around the corner from you before, which which is fine for emergencies, but not great for. I don't spend as much time at the hospital as I had been in recent <laughs> you're years. You're right, so. but I, I mean for the noise, right? Like you'd be getting. <laughs> Some sirens yeah, and stuff yeah. going in there, so you don't get a whole lot of that where you're out well, now. It's just the Honda Civics with the fucking mufflers cruising by, shaking oh, yeah. your windows and sh shaking your walls and the big double-stacked dually diesel down the street and all that. Yeah, that's a, a bit of a difference out there. So we've been enjoying that. Had spent a shitload of time out in Quebec there at the cottage, putting some fish on the boat and nice. some sun on my pale white skin. So Nice. Now we're hunkered down. 
Yep. Oh, yep. Just transitioned, you know. It got dark. That means it's video game season. That means hockey season is well underway. Didn't appreciate the late start to the NHL season, but I guess people won't appreciate the late start to the podcast either, so... You know, give a little, get a little type thing. Hey, weekly episodes, except the weeks we don't record. That's right. We're staying true to that. <laughs> We're staying very true to that. Um, so one thing that, you know, they're dialing back the clock. Speaking of, you know, yourself kind of moving back where you where you once were, dialing back the clock. The Leafs looked like they were attempting to dial back the proverbial clock with some of the grind and snot that they signed in the off season. Now, of course, we haven't gotten together since the season began, so we've mm-hmm. got a lot to cover here. Mm-hmm. But the way the season began was this is going to be awesome. This is going to be like the late 90s, early 1000s versions of the Leafs that were very difficult to play against with some talented players, of course, but overall... But I had a few... Yeah. You lose screws on the team. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like those old teams had at least three... Total lunatics on mm-hmm. their teams. Yeah. Right? And, and in some cases, sometimes they were related through marriage. <laughs> Tucker and Corson. <laughs> there you go. Right? But yeah, I, I, I thought the offseason was exciting simply because instead of getting a bunch of like, ooh, maybes, I found Kyle Dubas did a lot of buying low type scenarios. Where Reclamation like, well, projects. If this guy works out, he could put 15 in yeah. and he gets four. Right. And then he's gone, waivers halfway through the season, whatever it is. Yeah. Bunch of guys, bunch of low-risk, low-dollar contracts. I like that Trey went out and got Bertuzzi, paid some money for him. I like that he went out and got Max Domi, somebody who wanted to be there, probably an easy sell there. Yep. Now, those types of guys, they're not fucking fighters, you know, but they got some attitude to them. You know what I mean? Like... Bertuzzi will lean on you. He showed that on the weekend, actually. He created a goal going in, just finishing his check, separating the puck, getting it out in front. Those types of guys have a kind of way of going about them, but it's going to take time, right? Like, the team seemed really disjointed early on, didn't they? Oh, my God, did it ever. A couple games early, and I think a lot of it had to do with Reeves fighting. Like, he fought in the first two games mm-hmm. of the season. Now, you're not expecting him to fight 82 times, okay? I know, but back-to-back games to open the season, he fights. There's a lot of excitement there. Mm-hmm. It kind of overshadowed the fact that you just said that they were a little bit just disjointed and out of sorts. Um, I think a lot of that, in my honest opinion, Lesko had everything to do with the lines. I don't think, right. I don't think he had the lines mm. quite right. And I, I, I was willing and still was uh, throughout the first few weeks of the season there, I was very willing to give him the, the amount of time um, to, to, to figure it out. But it was starting to wear on me. It was starting to wear on me recently. You and I had been chatting a little bit in our group chats. Like I was getting a little bit fed up that Nyes still hadn't been promoted when I thought it was the most obvious thing in the world. And since it's happened... Not saying that they've been world beaters, but since it's happened, I think everything is kind of almost clicked a little bit. Like, don't you right. agree? The lines seem to have fallen into place because I see what he was trying to do with that third line. I really think he just wanted to get some offense going out of that third line, and it just wasn't happening. They had one good game together, I believe it was Domi and Nyes, where they came back and beat Tampa. Yeah, a couple nice snipes by Nyes there. Yeah, and some nice. But setups it, otherwise, by it Domi. wasn't really working, and I think. Um, 
what I can't recall who the other winger was at the time on the right side. It wasn't Yaren Croak, but they seem to have found a better checking setup for that third line. And because they're such good checkers and four checkers, they can create a little offense. Because right now it's um, Domi, Yaren Croak, and uh, who's the left winner? Help me out. Robertson. Robertson, exactly. You know, there's a bunch of guys who work their asses off and all of them are capable of putting the puck in the net. Yeah, it's true. They have a finishing touch to them, but the the main concern is the defensive side. Right. Because, okay, as much as these guys can create offense and separate uh, from the puck, they're not huge in stature, but their speed helps separate and create some open pockets uh, on the ice as well. Domi looks totally different in playing center than he did on the wing. He looked lost on the wing. Now he's playing center. There's some structure on that line, and he's also... Um, I think he's kind of improved defensively because of it. Well, he's able to be more defensively responsible without without actually having a, a, a set area of the ice that he must patrol, right? Wingers have their areas, Lesko, where you're supposed to come down and support. You're also supposed to push up high and attack the, the point man. Mm-hmm. But as the centerman, you kind of have that added freedom you can be the third man in on that weak side or like or sorry on the strong side or you can cover your your far point like you can do different things that make you actually look really good even though you had nothing to really do with the play the pass came over and you got a stick on it because you decided that you were going to cover the the far point position you have more freedom to kind of decide where do i want to go right now in this moment do i want to go help my winger or do i want to stay back so i agree with you i think domi looks more comfortable up the middle of the ice simply for that fact. I think he actually has a really smart mind, Lesko. Like, I'm not proclaiming to know everything there is about the guy, but from what I've seen from him over the years, he has good vision. And that actually helps you on the defensive side as well because you can see the plays developing maybe a little bit before they actually happen. He just seems more involved, and it seemed like early on he was overthinking everything. Like, he got the puck a few times. He just froze in the neutral zone. Like, he didn't know where he was going with it. And I think some part of that, too, can be attributed. New team, new line mates, all that kind of stuff. And, I guess, again, much like you, it was fr- I was get frustrated, I think, at a point, but also was willing to give them the time for it to shake out, knowing that the team was going to evolve drastically. And not just in terms of line combinations, but in terms of the roster as well. Yeah, the roster, it will continue to uh, evolve and, and change. I mean, we're getting word here now. It looks like uh, Klingberg is the next <clears throat> winner of the all-inclusive one-way ticket to Robida <laughs> Island, right? Um, There's Yeah, if we're going to talk about the good, I think, which we just did, we got to talk about the bad, right? Well, that was kind of a mixed bag, dude, because it wasn't all good. It, it's, it's, it's taken time to get... We're a place where we feel like it's good. We feel like it's good, but yeah. you know the standings kind of say otherwise. It's not like they're world beaters right now, dude. Like they need to pick it up still. And for me, I, I definitely wasn't ready to throw in the towel on on any player: Reeves, Klingberg, Domi, Bertuzzi. You know any of those guys. However, I was really, really close, like razor thin close to being like over Bertuzzi. And it wasn't because I didn't feel like he was fitting in or he needed uh, an acclimation period or something like that. It's just like he was making plays out there that Josh Coleman would have made. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like so that's with, not good. <laughs> with no, It's not good. Like with, with no training NHL experience or anything like that. Like if I was the left winger mm-hmm. on a couple of shifts where he got the puck just at the red line, he took it across the blue line and was just like, I, I don't 
I don't know what to do with it, and I look scared. Much like so, he just flips it into the open corner, and no one goes after it. Like yeah. I was yelling at the screen, like, "Bro, you're getting five and a half million dollars to be scared." Like that's a play that Josh Coleman makes because he doesn't want to get hit by anybody. Much like Domi, he looked like he just was uncomfortable, didn't know what to do early on, forcing things a but lot. But see, Domi, dude, like I was less hard on Domi because I could see that Domi was trying. It just wasn't working. Right. I could see the frustration and I could see that he wanted to right the ship. So I was really not worried about him at all. But I was getting really worried about Bertuzzi because he started off with Matthews and Marner. Then they moved him down to Tavares and Nylander. And I mean, I'm sorry, but can you hand select any better fucking players? To <laughs> Lots play with of great there? opportunities okay. for success there. So like, it just, it really, it really bothered me that yeah. I was, I wasn't seeing an effort. I wasn't seeing any kind of passion and, and it's really, it's really turned around. And, and I don't think it's strictly because of the way the lines have now fallen the pieces have fallen into the puzzle i feel i don't think it's solely because of that i do think that has a lot to do with it uh but i i was on record in a couple of my different chats with people saying that i wasn't giving up on bertuzzi but i was definitely expecting him to really turn it around let's go and probably be a really strong second half guy and i still i'm i'm maintaining true to that well, I don't even think he's waiting for the second half because it really seems to be clicking for him, Tavares, and Nylander right now. I mean, they're the best best line on the team last five games or more. Right, they right? have been. I mean, dominantly because of the uh, Swedish meatball there. Yeah. Uh, he – I don't even know what to say. When, that, when he scored that goal on Sunday – it was like as soon as he had the puck, you could see him look up at the lane, and you're like, he's going. He's going for it. And he's like got he, it. You knew exactly what he was doing. I actually thought he was going to throw the um, throw the backhand or, uh, sorry, wrap it around the goalie. Yeah, like, like he had done a couple side. times, right? Yeah. And I think the he had the goalie probably thinking he was going to do that. I the think way so. he was skating, and then he did that quick quick flip up there. Yeah, because Flurry gave away Flurry gave up the short side right. a lot earlier than than he would have wanted to. And you're right, dude. And and um Nylander has made that play several times this year. I think his percentage has got to be eighty five or ninety percent. Gotta be gotta be high when he gets up in that area. And uh his dad's reaction was priceless because it was the exact same way that I reacted and it was are you fucking kidding me? You can read his <laughs> lips. He's just like Pointing like I do, he doesn't even know what to do at first. Like right? he's stunned. Yeah. So what you know couldn't have been a better better weekend for Willie. So who's who's got better bar play right now in Stockholm? Is it Willie or Mats? Oh, well, I mean, it depends on what bar you go to. If you're at a cougar, <laughs> if, you're, if you're at a Cougar bar, then it's probably actually you know what? Mats Sundin's like God there. You know that it's I probably think Willie at any bar. It was kind of a reminder that it was really nice to see Sundin around the team because he's not often. He lives over in Sweden. Shows up for the odd ceremony every yeah. once every couple of years if you're lucky. Yeah, I thought it was meaningful for a guy like that to be around the team, and I, I wonder, you know, how much time they actually got to spend with him. And it's kind of neat, some full circle stuff for Max Domi there. I was just you know, gonna, being, yeah, uh, yeah, basically, you know, talking about Matt's like he's family. Yeah, well, he kind um, of is to that family. Yeah, they were very close, and um, I think any team can learn a lot about what those teams were like and what Matt's was like as a leader um, and what kind of person he was just on and off the ice. So it's I I I, I like that whole Sweden experience because it celebrated 
a lot of players, not just Salming, um, but like, you know, Alfredson was out there. Lidstrom was there. Like we had all these great all-time Swedish players involved in this whole thing. And, you know, it started off with a bang. Uh, Ottawa almost blowing that 4 nothing lead. And then Stutzla with one of the nicest OT winners you'll ever see in your life. That was sick. Just starts off with a bang. And then William Nylander showing up to steal the show from everybody else for the rest of the weekend. I enjoyed the Stutzla uh, Stutzla overtime winner even more, even a little bit more because my opponent that week in fantasy had Reimer. And ah, so, the, you know, the that's what you get for investing in Reimer. The, the fact that the goal actually was scored that counts uh, against his right. goals against average and his save percentage. Whereas if he loses in the shootout, I'm still happy because my opponent didn't get the win. But how about they bury another goal on him? That's even better for me. So with just, what was it, like 2.4 seconds left on the clock or something, he bats it in. It was wild. And speaking of Reimer, I don't know if you caught, I'm obviously you caught the replay. I don't know how intensely you watched the replay, but what the hell was Reimer the doing? Man? He, he got d- scared. He did get scared. He tucked Th- his head in. Thank like, you. He yeah. it. He dodged it. I, and I don't know, like people were, I saw some people trying to justify it to you. Like, oh, it's just like the, a reaction from being close. But no, like, you're a goalie. But you're a goalie. What, like, you can't, you can't no, fucking no, react like that. There's I'm no like, justification. I guess, you know, he's swinging it in a manner that normally they wouldn't. But like, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get it. It was like he was so surprised. He was thrown off by it because he probably didn't track the puck at all. No. So I think when, you know, because it was very quick. That's just a hit it too. Like it wasn't a big like. He, it's not like he was cocked back almost. It was quick like just whack. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I think it completely threw him off to but the he, point where he flinched. But I know. But even still, he he knew that Stutzla had batted it out of the like air. Like how many times do you see an NHL goalie flinch though and get like out of the never, way? Right. You know, I could I could see that justification in baseball because and he looked hopeless on the play. It's good in baseball to get beaned because you get first base. Right. It's not good to get beaned because it hurts. Yeah. So, you know, um, I you just see- want to get beaned a little. Well, yeah, but I can see the justification in baseball that you'd say, well, he, he should have, the bases were loaded and we're, we're down by one run in the bottom of the ninth and they threw a curveball and he ducked out of the way. Yeah. He should have stayed in there. Yes, that's true. But I can justify it by saying the human nature is to get out of the way. Well, and it's But easy. that's baseball. That's not <laughs> hockey. And you're the yeah. goddamn goalie. Your point, the point of your job is to be in front of the puck. <laughs> Sorry. There's no way around that. Yeah. Not a good luck. Oh, but you're right, man. It, it was. It was a fantastic start to the Global Series. I, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the, the Friday afternoon game and the Sunday morning game. I'm, I'm in a position, okay, I know that I'm lucky, and I, I, I try not to take it for granted, but I'm in a position where I was able to watch both games. Like yeah. I was able to watch both games in their entirety. I missed the first period, but I watched a lot of it on my phone before I got home. That was the Friday game. I was still working. Yeah, I missed the end of the Friday game, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like the Sunday morning game, I know, um, I know it never happens, and it may never happen again. Who knows? But I was really treating it as an event. Because I thought to myself, like, when was the last time, never, I can watch a Leaf game, like a regular a regular season Leaf game at 8 a.m. in the morning? And yeah. B, when will I ever get to do it again? So I really treated it like an event, and I had a really good time. I really enjoyed the odd hours for, for both games. I actually enjoyed that 8 a.m. Unfortunately, the two was on Friday, or was it Friday at work? Or Thursday at work, Friday. Friday. Anyway, I, I didn't get to watch very much of it, but yeah, the Sunday morning was cool. I was like, you know, I'm I'm lying in bed and watch the first period. I had a whole day of chores to do, so it's not 
anything to rush out of bed. It's fucking snowing outside. So I'm like, yeah, right. kind of lounge around, have coffee, have a nice breakfast sandwich, watch the whole game before I get into any bullshit. Yeah, like it's better that it happened now versus like October the 17th when you catch a 14-degree day and guess what? You're outside. <laughs> you got six beers on Saturday night. And well, not even that, but no, no, I mean the Friday game. Like, in, right, you know, right. Or, or, well, or either of them. Like, in you a, had better things to do. Yeah, but there were no, there was nothing else to no, do. No, it's November. There's nothing better to do. And, uh, you it's know, like, what's the weather like? It's November out. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> it's November out. <laughs> it's gray. It's cold. That's all you need to know. Is it snowing? Maybe. Um, so I'll tell you one thing, dude. I was a little bit disappointed. I, I was really holding on to some severe hope that the William Nylander contract would be announced. That would just be two storybook, right? But too it could perfect. Have been, oh, it could have been so good. Like, like let's say they're so close that they're 650000 apart or something like that. Yeah. Like it would have been really nice just to, I guess if I'm the Leaf side, maybe like bite that bullet and 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 get that done and, and sign it, you know, in Sweden. Just like, for the PR bump. Yeah, at Grandma's house. <laughs> at Grandma's house or whatever, you know. Oh wow! Like it would have been awesome, man. Whole families there. I just thought that maybe there was something there because both sides are are saying that negotiations are going great. Nylander said he's open to continuing negotiations throughout the season. He wants to this be This is here. one of those the fan, want him. Like, fan fantasy generated rumors. Yeah, eh? of, yeah, of course. It's all complete like us just trying to like connect Manifest. invisible DOS and manifesting. That's <laughs> essentially what that was because I, I read it. I'm like, yeah, it'd be nice, but I never like got invested in it I was. in my own mind thinking like that this is all just – uh, specu- speculating and but trying in to fairness, paint pictures, right? This is what sucks about not having a, an episode yet until now, Lesko, because I'd ar- I would already be on record. Because once the uh, like, I kind of forgot about the the global series until like the the opening week of the NHL season. So they were, you know, there was news: who's on fire to start the year, who sucks to start the year. Oh, by the way, don't forget, you know, we got the global series coming. Oh yeah, fuck, we're going to Sweden, like. I, I kind of forgot about it in the first week of the season. They were advertising for it, and that's when I was like, "It's gonna happen." <laughs> Willie's gonna sign when they're in Sweden, and I got on my all my chats, you know, and I started telling people I wanted to be on record because I, I really thought it was gonna happen. And then it really started to pick up steam, and I think a lot of that had to do with the amazing start to the season for Nylander. Uh, and, Still and, and, on that streak. No, I know, but like a lot of people jumped on the wagon um, early on because he was on fire and he's, he remains on fire. And he's just been the story. He's been one of the bright spots in, in the league. Nothing seems to phase the guy. Uh, That's why I, he's so perfect for Toronto. He is. And I just thought, I thought for sure that part of his calmness and the way that he is playing right now is because he's at ease. And I thought that that may have meant, hey, the contract is done. Yeah. It's in a drawer. We're flying over to Sweden and we're going to take pictures of you <laughs> signing it at your grandma's dinner table and then we'll fly back home. Like I thought maybe <laughs> it was already done and that's why he's playing so well because everyone wants to say, and myself included, I, I say this a lot, contract your players are great fantasy targets because they're playing for money. Yeah, And I know a lot of people were saying that and they still are about Nylander, and, and I just kind of had a, almost a bit of a, a, not a devil's advocate, but a different angle. What if you look at it this way? Maybe it's already done. Or maybe it's so close to being done that he knows it's done. The only fear I, I'm generating in my own mind about the situation is that 
the longer it goes on, the more it's like, is he trying to maximize here? Like, and which is really what he's supposed to do or what his agent would want him to do, right? Is maximize the potential. And if he's playing this good, it's like, why bother? Like, I'm on a total heater right now. Like, but at the same time, he did, it, by all accounts, he wants to be there. And apparently, it's mu- the feeling's mutual. Yes. The Leafs want him to be there. It's just in the summer, the Leafs are probably pitching him on nine, I think. And I, you probably would have taken that deal in the summer. But now it's like you're, there's no way you're getting them for less than ten. I got a feel. Oh my god, I, I think it's ten five. Yeah, it just keeps going up. Like I, I think at this, <laughs> not to put a damper on the situation, but I think at this point, my my guess would be team is is ten nine nine eight nine seven five nine eight eight. Yep. Uh, and and he's and he's eleven. No, no, knowing that he's not going to get the eleven, but he's firming hard at eleven, and he'll drop down to ten eight eight. And eventually, the deal might get signed at ten five fifty. On a positive thing. note, it's really great to see him do what I think a lot of people knew he was capable of for years, and that's what, and it what he can do is what he wants when he wants to really. drive play. Like he he had the zone entry part down, he carried the puck with vision, but now he's driving to the, the middle of the ice. He's using his body way more effectively to protect the puck and to uh, make create separation. So I've been really impressed with just him rounding out his game and just and and it's almost like realizing how good he actually is yeah. or how good he can be. Dude, and I'm telling right? you man, like I don't I, I don't have a Sports Illustrated uh, Leaf calendar with their shirts off and stuff uh in, in my house anywhere, but I would sell though. I'm pretty yeah, that would probably. I'm pretty sure this guy is absolutely jacked out of his mind in I, in, in comparison to what he was in previous I see him years. tarps off. He's a big lad. He's, he's a big, big lad. boy, he's, man. He's a big boy. Like, he's a big boy. I, I'm just saying, like, and that was my joke about not having pictures of them with their shirts off. I just, I no, don't. No, but you see it on I, the blueprint videos. Yeah, and the, it's but what the I'm post. saying, dude, is I don't know what he looked like last year or the year before. I know, like, hockey players in general are he's pretty He's bigger fit. than you think he is. I think Put he's, it that but way. I think he's bigger than he was before. He's like 210 pounds at least. So. Like, he is thick, man. You know, and, and, yeah, I think you're starting to see him utilize that a lot more. Um, just becoming a more well-rounded player, like the the goals he's creating from turnovers, from good defensive play, from forechecking, um, way less than the off the rush stuff. I think that we're used to. Um, part of what makes Matthews such a great goal scorer too, right? Is just the fact that. You know, he doesn't have a necessarily a calling card. I guess you'd say it's a shot, but he scores from all over the place. In various in ways. In various ways. Yeah, tips you and know, rebounds. It's the, I, I watched a really good video recently talking about kind of like different goal scorers and saying why, you know, Matthews is kind of superior and why he's different than any kind of uh, potent goal scorer we've seen in the NHL before simply because he can score in all these different ways, whereas like Ovi had the shot, right? Yeah. And uh, you know McDavid can score with speed off the rush. It's like all, everyone has like kind of their strength, where they score the major- vast majority of their goals. Yeah. Right. And then you look at a guy like Matthews, he's scoring goals from with his skates on the goal line, but oddly, he's tipping things in in ways I've never en- seen before. Oddly enough, the closest comparable, not overly known for his goal scoring prowess at least early on in his career Sidney Crosby right exactly various, guy can score various ways in yeah. various ways and is actually having a, 
a quite a good season. Might be looks like he's uh, chasing another Hart Trophy and maybe a playoff berth in Pittsburgh there. Man, you know what's wicked about that Hart Trophy is the amount of players that want to put their name in the hat this year. It seems wide open. and interesting, There's a ton of players, man. Here's an interesting thing I caught earlier in the season, and that, that there was no Canadian players in the top 10 in scoring as of like maybe a week or two ago was the last was when I had looked at it. Um, wow. Americans, Swedes, Russians. Wow, poverty nation. Right? So right now there's one Canadian in the top 10. Do you know who it is? You got a guess? Quinn Hughes. No, he's American. Oh, yeah, he's American. So then that's the other interesting part about the top 10 is that Patterson, Hughes, and um, JT Miller are all tied for the league lead in scoring right wow. now. So the only Canadian in the top 10 right as of today is Kale McCarr. Oh, okay, okay. So very interesting thing that's going on over in Vancouver. Like, are they are they biggest surprise right now for you, or is this like a overdue because I feel overdue because they've overdue. had these guys. It's overdue, right? But they're all they're all hitting this year. They're all yeah. I hate to rain on their parade, but it's overdue. Yeah, if uh, I'm a Canucks fan, dude, they've I'm surrounded them with finally. better depth. They they got rid of all those boat anchor contracts that that uh, Jimmy Benning had signed. Yeah, and they brought in a lot better depth. And I think the um, you know even like the Besser trade, tough trade to make. But you invest in JT Miller and you bring in a guy like Bovillier, seems to be working just fine for them. But Quinn Hughes is on absolute another level. There was a there's a feeling out there that Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes could be up for the Hart Trophy. Yeah. So that would be something to see. Or we end up in a scenario where one of them takes one trophy and one of them takes the other. Say well, the Art Ross and the Rocket. Or, and Luke was having a fantastic start to his season as well. Uh, and he's eligible for the Calder. I know it's I know it's un, almost almost certainly going to be Bedard's trophy. But you know, if Bedard weren't in the picture, or if something happened injury wise, like McDavid got injured in his rookie yep. season, right? I'm not wishing that on the guy. I'm just saying that you're right. It, it like it could have been a clean sweep for the Hughes brothers. You could have a Hart, a Norris, and a Calder. That would be like the greatest. Most successful one-year family Family-wise, move thing. over, stall family. Yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Vancouver has been off to a great so start. So real man. deal, you're, you're on board with them 100%? I, I do. I, I think so. last year was, a, was more of a blip, I think, a stumble, we'll say, in their, in their trajectory than uh, you know, what, they, what they are. Well, and for- I think Rick Tockett's got them – Seems to have them dialed. For me, him it, calling them out as soft. What game two? Yeah, was great. It was because it was it Ballsy was the truth. Move. It was the truth, and, and you know we the Leafs got called out for being soft too, and that seemed to serve as a bit of a turning point for them as well, where they're starting to muck it up after the whistle. They're dropping the mitts when time com- calls for it. Yeah, the Boston There's, game, right? It, that's very important in terms of like uh, changing that team culture, that dynamic, how they conduct themselves. And and it was, of course, against the Canucks, interestingly yeah, enough, where yeah, we yeah. saw them finally, you know, it might have been an, an overcorrection, I think is a good term to describe it, but it set the, it's setting the tone yeah. that's important there. But I'm okay with an overcorrection. Like, sometimes that has to exist. Well, they had to because I think they, they felt like they owed it to themselves and they owed it to the fans. Yeah. Because they, they just, they can't, they can't keep perpetuating the the story that's out there 
or that they and rightfully so. Yes. That they don't respond to shit. They yeah. won't engage you physically. They'll let you push them around if you push hard enough. I think for me too, dude, a lot of it was also like you said they they had to prove it to, you know, various themselves, they had to prove it to the fans. I think they also owed something to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, Surely he didn't like that. Because Sheldon had been taking a lot of shrapnel. For that. For everything. For the team's responses. Yeah. I have to think he had a few things to say in that meeting. They had that meeting afterwards. Well, do you remember his post-game comments where he's like, I don't, I have no, I have, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like he's basically was. And he said, I hated it. He was quoted as saying, I hated it. I hated it. You know? So I, I found it was interesting the amount of shrapnel that he did catch for that because I'm like, I'm pretty sure. And I heard it talked about on one of the shows I was listening to where they're like, I'm pretty sure he was kind of nuts when he played, right? Like, yeah, didn't shy away from being physical. And, of course, we've seen teams he's coached and shit, and they were always mean, yes. right? So I think it, and that's a big personnel issue that I think Trey tried to address with some of the guys he brought in. Some of it's not worked out so much. Ryan Reeves, poor guy, I just not going to work, I don't think, for him. I like still think there's mentioned an, Klingberger earlier. If he goes on LTIR, that's probably the best thing that could happen to us right now. Yeah, that's a huge he, miss. He looks like I didn't. How do you get so much money? Were there eight teams trying to get this guy? Yeah, I, well, I mean, he was he was uh, an elite defender at one point. Well, not defender, but an elite defenseman. Yeah, uh, and I I, I understood the career. signing because I'm like, we need more better puck movement out of our own end, right? That was a uh, deficiency that they tried to address. But he's like, he can't even do that. No. Which is like, if he can't even do the one thing you got him for. Yeah, but oddly enough, so they scratched him, but it wasn't a healthy scratch. They kind of said, you're injured. It was undisclosed. Right. Which kind of screamed like, uh, saving face. We're not going to healthy scratch you, uh, but we are going to not play you. And then he played the very next night. Yeah, and, and actually and he played actually decent. looked really good. He played yeah, decent. He played yeah. fine. I thought he was actually good like it wasn't even just oh he was okay i thought he was noticeable in a good way and that kind of got me thinking well here here we go maybe he's back then they go to sweden and i'm thinking okay like maybe this is the reclamation part of the season where he kind of plays at home and but then he he didn't even play play. he didn't even practice he wasn't around very much i i saw a lot of like where is this guy like does he owe swedish bookies money and they kidnapped i don't him or know something? like there's, there's got to be something pretty seriously wrong and i guess that would i don't know i guess i was gonna say justify his play but explain his play but one of the other tidbits of information that we do have on it is that it's something apparently he's been dealing with his entire career yeah but so it's what, some kind he, of like when he got 70 points well that's what i mean but with and i guess things like that change over time right could have been a minor thing treatable easy to deal with when he was in his mid-20s prime as opposed to now so yeah. this it's one of those things but like i said if i hate to say if he can go on ltr this is probably the best best oh, possible it outcome be, it would be yeah Ship even right to roby island yeah so I, I had the pleasure of going to um the leafs and buffalo down in toronto uh, shout out Mike Ward, my boy, oh, nice. my brother from Hamilton, Ontario. Um, we went down and, and in, in person, like it was like, holy crap, dude. Like the, the skating was so obvious. And we had baller seats, by the way, up behind the net, down in the 100s. Yeah. There, tw- uh, I think 20 up from the ice. That is sick. So they lost, but the Matthews hat trick was unreal. Tickets were free, corporates. So oh nice stuff. 
Poor uh, you. 40 bucks a round of beers, though. Okay. It's tight. Poor you. But Saturday night, the crowd was awesome. Like, and I'll give the the game ops some credit. They're yeah. doing a lot more to engage the audience and fire them up and launching t-shirts. And boy, man, did people ever freak out for free t-shirts? Like they make a that no- gets the people going. They make a noise now when the penalty kill is over. Well, that's exciting. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah. You know how some teams like they do the Super Mario. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. When they're done or whatever. Or Vegas does ka-ching Yeah. Yeah. When they're done the penalty kill. The Leafs are doing something. I can't remember. Some kind of exa- indicator noise. Yeah, it's it's um it's almost like someone's cell phone is going I haven't, off. I haven't it's really like, noticed it. It's like it's something like that when the penalty kills over. It's very minor, and I don't think it's the right sound effect to be completely honest with you. But like you said, they're trying. Like they're trying to create a more engaging yeah. atmosphere, which which is really necessary. There were too. a lot of jerseys in the lower bowls. There were a couple guys dressed like they just got out of a meeting, but yeah, there was uh, there was enough like good loud. Fans, kids, lots of kids there too. Good. So it was, it was great. Like it was, it was a good experience despite the loss. Somebody threw a bra on the ice. That was exciting. Tits out for Poppy. Yeah, my uh, my buddy messaged me because he knew I was at the game. He's like, "If that's your wife, so I'm gonna lose my mind." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, I'm with mom with my buddy." Yeah, but come <laughs> it's on, not his. we wouldn't put it past her. Let's go. No, no. Oh my god. So yeah. The other thing is that the um, just the whole like being in the city and around a bunch of people was a weird experience because I I don't know I since COVID and just where we are and, and even just living out in the country now right being being like herded like cattle through the the train and the tunnel and Union and all this stuff was yeah. a little it was a little weird That's I don't know why yeah. I'm just not used to being in massive crowds of people yeah anymore. big crowds and and just in in close proximity to, to so many people right yeah and of course i got sick when i, I was got just, back I was like, just of course i did that. like of course i did and i trust me i didn't touch a fucking door handle the whole time i was there <laughs> was it the vid or did you just catch a cold just a something? cold just okay. a shitty cold but okay, enough, also you know buddy has two young kids so that's oh a, yeah that's just a disease waiting to yeah, happen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're getting there with Everly at some point. I know that's going to happen. She'll be bringing something home for sure, which is kind of tough for me, man, because I get I get a little nervous there. Someday I'm just going to wake up on a Thursday with no voice, and we've got a big show on Saturday. Yeah. What do yeah. I do? There's just more getting sick in your future, undoubtedly. But yeah, totally worth the ten hours driving, though. We went down last minute. It was it was a good, oh, it would uh, be. really good. First time I'd been in that building in like. Five years, maybe okay. like six. Oh, yeah, six years. I want to say since I've been to a game uh, down in Toronto. Um, we also got tickets to see the Leafs and the Hobbs in the end of March. First time going to the Bell Center, so oh, I'm really nice. looking forward to that. That will be sweet. Yeah. The only downside to that game, though, late March standings could be set. We could be seeing some load management. Oh yeah. You know, Montreal could be going full tank mode. Right. Just shutting guys down for the end of the year. So but we'll see what we get. But it's the Bell Center. Yeah, I have high, high hopes for the experience. I was just going to say, honestly, dude, even if that does happen, it's still going to be a time. Yeah. It's still guaranteed going to be a time. You just said how long it's been since you went to the ACC or the Scotiabank Arena, whatever it is called now. I don't even remember when I was there last. I feel like, dude, I may not have been there since the playoff game in 2013. Wow. Yeah. So over 10 years then. Yeah, but I think I've only been there once. Oh, no, no. I went there twice. I went there for a regular season game 
Mark Bell scored the opening. Mark Bell, there's Mark a name. Bell scored the opening goal four minutes in. They played Sidney Crosby. It was in his rookie year. Oh yeah. Or no, the second year. Second year of Crosby. Anyway, right. whatever it was. Um that was a regular season game. That was my first Leaf game. And then in Toronto. And then my second Leaf game, and I believe that's it, was the game like the first home game in twenty thirteen against the Bruins. Jake Gardner. Yeah, uh, that that was a good Jake time Gardner score. We lost the game. We were down two nothing, and Gardner scored. I only remember it because it was the first home Leaf playoff goal in one hundred and fifty seven <laughs> years. Uh, but yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't been back since. Kind of makes me sad. I need to get I need to get out there again. It was nice to get back uh, into there because honestly, when you add up, especially now, like I find post COVID, it's like all these tourism based businesses are just trying to recoup. Like a hotel room downtown in Montreal, Toronto is like three hundred dollars a night. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Excuse me. And that's for like your uh, your average, you know, nothing special, Best Western or whatever, yeah. right? Or, you know, off-brand hotel. Two beds, no microwave. So you compound that with $300 tickets and all that shit. It's like, you know, it's fucking dinner and all that. It's drinks. too much. You're, you're well over $1,000. Yeah, right? and, and honestly, like you think about the – and I'm thinking about this now as this homeowner restoring a fucking farmhouse. Like <laughs> I can't I, – I would never be able to justify doing that. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Uh, because there's just so many more valuable things that I can spend that money on. Yeah. You know? and it's unfortunate, but I can get to the game in Ottawa for just a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's doable. And- Cause I'm there and back, you know what I mean? Like I'm there and I'm back. The ticket is probably going to be uh two or $300 tops, depending on where I want to sit. So I, I, I see a ton of leaf games here, but I just never get there because of how expensive it is. And I think that, I think that rings true for an unbelievably large percentage of this fan base. We will go anywhere <laughs> but Toronto. Yeah. We'll, we'll get on a plane and go to Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought, I saw some people who did that apparently, and that would be a, a time. Like, well, why to not? To go out for that. Yeah, why not though, right? Like if you were thinking about traveling and Sweden was a place that you'd always wanted to visit, maybe your wife or husband is of Swedish descent, something like that, you know? Right. And you wanted to go there, why would you not planet at that time you're diehard leaf fans your grandmother lives in sweden still let's go visit grandma for the weekend that the leafs are there i imagine that uh those tickets were probably a couple bucks though because they were so at least the leafs games i know were sold out um and you, you had a lot of people flying around from different um different countries to go there like you got you know leafs Leafs are worldwide, right? So well, and the NHL you had fans from all over Europe. The NHL isn't unknown over there. Okay, like there's been many very prominent NHL players from Europe yep. that play in the NHL. So you're right. And the other thing too, Lesko, is what us North Americans don't realize is flying over there from country to country is almost like taking a a bus or a train from city to city here in Canada yeah, or the you USA. Yeah, take a high-speed train too. So. Not only that, but like you can get on a plane and it will literally cost you $26. I've heard people coming up from Australia, like all over the place. So it's it's really cool to see. Well, that's a little outrageous. I just mean like, you know, from the close countries. Yeah, exactly. Like, Travel in the European Union is very easy. Very, very easy. Like you can literally just go to the airport and be like, yeah, I'll go to, uh, you know, I'll go to Switzerland real quick, real quick, and I'll come back tonight. And you just go, and then you come back, and your round trip is like $48. That's it. You just get on a plane, and you, you, you just go to the airport. And just because there's constantly planes running, dude, you don't have to like book this flight you know, six days in advance or anything like that. It's really cool. So it makes the accessibility 
a lot easier uh, for for the Europeans to go and check that out. And I think that that global event was probably a, a big spectacle. The arena was pretty cool, uh, both inside and out. Kind of, kind of looked like a big golf ball. The Avicii <laughs> Yeah, the center, Avicii pretty, Center, yeah. Or Avicii Arena. Kind of looked like a golf ball uh, yeah. dome from yeah. the outside. But then the inside was very cool. Like the way the sides kind of went up real tall. That would have been Kind of like neat. Coliseum style yeah. from the inside, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool barn. And it'd be interesting to see, too, what happens to the, the teams coming back. I, I, I remember reading a quote from Keith, who said he spoke with other coaches from other teams who had done it previously. And they had mentioned... Uh, you know, the worst part about this whole experience was coming back from it and having a bit of a hangover, so to speak, for lack of a better term, um, and not really sure what to attribute it to. Just, I guess, a, a lot of it having to do with sleep schedules getting all fucked up. But luckily, we don't play till Friday. <coughs> Friday, Friday, Saturday. That was the other thing. Is Road games, Chicago and Pitt. The Leafs got a very uh, favorable schedule from the league oh, yeah. uh, throughout the weekend, and I found that at least the game times were watchable because it could have been easily not uh, yeah. at a time that you could even think about watching a game. So right. it felt uh, almost like World Juniors a little bit. Yeah, Get, it did. Getting up, watching a game at 8 a.m. Yeah, or Olympics, you know, when, when the I think when the Olympics were in Sochi, was it? That, right. gold, that gold medal game was at like 3 in the morning yeah. or something like that, you know? So it was rough. You're right, though, but those are events, Lesko. Like, you, you get geared up for that. You know, you buy a little bit of whiskey there, you pour it in the cup, you know you're up, you know you're pulling an all-nighter, and you're trying to you're trying to dial back the clock to when you were 19, 22 or something years old, like trying to stay up all night. 6 a.m. hurts when you're trying oh, to, yeah. like, you're all fired up, too. So, like, you know, by the time you even get to three, you're already gooned. So making it to the end of the game is a challenge. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're um, tapering off and switching to water. But the... Um, the the schedule setting up favorable for the Leafs uh, kind of reminds me. I think it was yesterday. Someone I know on uh, someone a good buddy of mine posted something on Facebook. You know, uh, you know those articles from like total nonsense websites that the the headline is just so outrageous that you it makes you click on right. it, even though you know it's not a credible source. Getting got, yeah. Um, so he got got, but the 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 headline was um, NHL. Uh, or sorry, proof that the NHL rigged the schedule uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I was like, right. oh, I was like, I was like, I'll click on this. I want to <laughs> see what this has to say. So I clicked on it. Worst, <laughs> worst article you've ever read. Uh, but it was about that. Like it was about the Leafs getting the both teams on the end of a back to back, which I know is favorable. And but the headline was like the NHL has been favoring the Leafs and their schedule for for years. That's and, why uh, the situation and, rooms in Toronto. And I, I commented back. I said, "Well, that explains all the winning we've been doing." Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's always the, the easy counter when everyone, uh, some or someone has a is seriously the, dead the league on is the, pro the, Toronto. The, yeah, the league being uh, rigged in their favor. But As the league, I'm sure read. when it comes to a little bit of schedule and negotiation, it wouldn't surprise me if the uh, the big old uh, cash cow was able to pull. up. A bit of weight around. Oh, for sure, schedule. and and they had the big ticket. I know that. I know that there were Swedish players on all the teams. You know, Lucas Raymond on Detroit is a is a big. Uh, you know, he's a popular Swede over there. Uh, but but we had the we had the 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 king daddy topper. You know, I guess we, so. We had the William Nylander factor that nobody else had. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting too was both of our games were away games. So, you know, again, the Leafs are saying, "All right, fine." We'll we'll go over there. Like we're one of, if not the flagship teams, franchises in the league. We will go over there, 
but we're not giving up any gates. Yep. And, two home games still. No, well, no, no. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Two two home games in Toronto. Yeah, right. Yeah. These are both going to be away games for us because we're not giving up one of any of our forty one home games, and we want you know our two opponents to be on the on the the back end of their back to back. Yeah, they, the fact they that it. they avoided back to backs too is quite nice. Uh, so I hopefully that minimizes any after effects of, that the t- uh, trip might have on the team. Um, but I, I listen. I know we're cheering it on and everything, and four points is four points. But neither of those games were no. They were sloppy. Yeah, sloppy as hell. Yeah, they they looked like they they went hard a couple times. Mats and uh, Willie probably took the boys out on on the town. And yeah. Ripped it up a little bit, I'm sure. But they got their four points, so who cares, right? Who cares? Like, in my opinion, you call it a little sloppy, but there's no need to show video. There's no I mean I mean maybe maybe one or two small things for, for me, I don't care. For a for, certain player. I think if you're a fan, you're uh you're you're bridging on driving yourself insane if you're gonna dissect those two games and try and project them onto a larger picture. No, but if just you're the, enjoy that they found a way to win. But if you're the coaching staff, let's go. There probably well, that's are, your job. There's probably some teachable moments. Somebody's though. paying you to do that. Then yeah. go ahead by all means, but yeah. don't make yourself miserable as a fan. Just take the dub and move on with your life. Can I uh, talk to you about something that I've picked up on uh, regarding goaltender Joseph Wool? What is that? Wool. Um, Wool. Wool. Um, he is very prone to making himself small. Have you noticed? I've seen net around him, but I think that his he seems very like um, positionally sound. Regardless. Oh yes, he and is. His, uh, he does a lot less swimming than Samsonov does. Oh, yeah, that, you know what I mean? No arguments from me here. Yeah. But I'm only talking about specifically. He's very big too. So, but it's he like, makes himself he, small. It's like how you know? It's like how do you do that? Right? He he he. Um, like I'm not a goalie coach, okay? But I have played the position recreationally. I have a couple <laughs> of good buddies who've played the position at a high level, and I I feel like I have a little bit more of an understanding of the position than just your average Joe fan who's never strapped on the gear or you don't have to boast your goalie resume. No, I'm not even boasting, dude, because I'm not a good goalie or anything. You don't have but, to preface your state. Don't qualify your statement. Well, I kind of do though, because who the fuck do I, what do I know about goalie? That's what this whole show is about. What the fuck do we know yeah, about? I get it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. All right, so I take it all back. I'll delete it and post. So what I'm getting at, Lesko, is like. You look at a guy, uh, and I hate to use it because this got blown out of proportion, but everyone was kind of saying, oh, carry price this and carry price that. I don't know if you saw that for about two or three days it was surfacing because I think it was Domi or someone. who, who someone re- Compared someone, him. Or yeah. Say he reminded me of his him. Demeanor, right? His yeah, demeanor. Yeah. But I, I like to use carry price as an example because carry price is also an incredibly, or was, you know, whatever, an, an incredibly positionally sound goaltender. But you have to combine that with use, using your size. Right. And by doing that, it's keeping your spine straight. So when you shuffle over into a butterfly, you have to keep your spine as straight as possible, right. which helps keep your shoulders up le- upright. Yes, it yeah. keeps your shoulders level, okay? Then you're able to move your arms up or down accordingly. That's how butterfly goalies get beat low blocker, Lesko, because they sit down with their spine high. It brings your blocker up, and the players are, are taught to shoot, you know, what is it, 12, 13 inches uh, blocker side to get it underneath the blocker and over the pad. But with wall wool, I found what he does. It's not all the time, dude, but he often, he shrinks down. His shoulders become hunched. His neck goes in like a turtle 
and he uses his arms then almost by themselves right. to try and flag pucks down where he needs to just go down, stay up, keep your chin out, and pucks will start going off of his shoulders. And I look at that one. Oh, which one was it? They, they shot it from the line. And there, there was a lot of bodies in front, but it basically went over his head. It was, the, it was kind of a, uh, a one-timer from the point. It was a good shot. It went in off the crossbar, but it went like it went in the middle. It went in the middle of the net. Like I don't care how great a shot is. There's no reason for it to be going in in the middle of the net. Like it's it. You got to go up top corner. If you go top corner, barring in, I'm never going to complain on any goalie. Maybe I'll tell you if it was short side. I don't like to see you get scored on short side. Nobody does. But it was a rocket off the crossbar. So how can you blame a, a guy? And I was having a couple of arguments with some buddies. They're like, how can you blame him on that? That guy went bar down. I was like, yeah, but it went in the middle of the net, bro. Like in the middle of the net. If anything, it should have hit him in the face. He's had a couple tough ones. I'd say a couple tough ones so far. But I will flip the script a little bit here and give him tons of credit because – I'd say without him, we might be down a few wins. Oh, I agree there. So that is nice to see because that's what you need when you're playing disjointed or you're off to a slow start or you start a game slow. I mean, even you could even argue the game against Minnesota. They were badly outshot. He, he kept them in that game at times. He does, and he makes a lot of saves, Lesko, that I don't think that a lot of goalies are going to be able to make. He does have fantastic second efforts and, and desperation. Good uh, athleticism. Really good Very down noticeable, low. Very noticeable, right? Like get those pads out. Yeah, I was just yep. going to say really good down low. Like when you think someone's got him beat, they're going to tuck it he's in. kicking out. Yeah, yeah, he gets the kick out. And, and by no means necessary did I mean that to, to say that I don't think he's been playing well or that I'm worried about him. I'm not worried about him. It's just something that I noticed. And we, we were kind of on the topic well, you of – email the goalie coach. <laughs> well, we were kind of on the topic of like – video and, and teaching moments. Yeah. And there were two goals in Sweden, two of the goals that were scored on him. Cause of course, Samsonov played one game and, yeah. and, and wall the other two of the goals that, that he let in were, were both that. And I took screenshots and I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine, sending them the screenshots. I said, how on earth is it? I think he's six, four. And, and I was saying to my buddy, like how on earth is a six, four goalie? Like his head was underneath Matthew's uh, waist. Well, at like least he it, didn't in, duck, right? In, well, he kind of <laughs> did, though. That's what I'm getting. Right, at. He kind, right. He kinda, wasn't standing tall yeah, in that did. situation. Now, he couldn't. I see. guess I think that's part of the reaction to when they don't see the puck well that they're like ready to spring out into a direction, yeah. so that they're not necessarily just being like. I'm going to just be as big as I can and hope that it hits me. You're still looking, right? But that's what the best goalies in the world do less. There's a trust in yourself maybe yeah. on the shot, right? Well, you look at Vasilevsky. I don't know if you've noticed this in the past, but Vasilevsky, when he doesn't see it, he goes like this. Yeah, he just gets in there. He puts his arms out and his head up and he just, just puts spread. Yeah, yeah it, maybe it'll hit me. And then you know what? Fucking puck hits him. Spread and pray. <laughs> hits him in the arm. And you're thinking, well, if he didn't make himself big, it probably wouldn't have hit him. So anyway, yeah, not not something that I'm like, uh, you know, worried about moving forward. But I am I am excited to see uh, the the improvement and the development in that area because let's be honest man he's still a young guy there's still a lot of 
learning and and development. I think uh, in in his future in his game. There's a lot riding on him, and the hope is, I guess, that Samsonov continues. To, I think that we've seen a bit of improvement there in Samsonov games. I think he's still letting in a couple bad ones here and there, but I, I'm. I'm not super worried about him either. I think time will tell on the goaltending front. And uh, oh, there's always Martin Jones, right? There's always Martin Jones. Always Martin Jones. <laughs> but he, so, Let's so not go there. We, we briefly touched on Sheldon getting some shrapnel, and this was something that I wanted to talk to you about. I should have made some notes, but things are coming back to me as we, as we chat now on the podcast. Um, I, as you know, Lesko, the last few seasons, the Leafs have been vastly improved defensively. Would you agree? Yes. They've been one of the better teams in the league, that's, as a matter of fact. It's actually mathematical facts. Thank you. So, suddenly this year, the, the Leafs are no good defensively. Yeah. The number one thing that I'll say to you is a cliche, but it works. Show me a bad goalie, I'll show you a bad coach. Right. Show me a great goalie, I'll show you a great coach. Right? We know that that's true. And the goaltending wasn't great to start the season, but it went beyond the goaltending. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the fancy stats showed that the Leafs were very inept defensively. Too many turnovers, too many high danger scoring Giving up the middle of the ice. Too many giveaways. Right. So my thing was, I was getting a little cheesed because Sheldon was getting a lot of shrapnel. And as you know, I'm a huge cheerleader. I have that personal connection to Sheldon. So I want him to succeed more than I have any previous coach. I want the Leafs to win all the time, but now I want the Leafs to win and I want them to do it with Sheldon. Like I don't want Sheldon to get fired before we have success. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love it to happen with him, you know. And, and I just, I was getting a little cheesed because when the Leafs don't look interested, uh, they lose the game. They're not happy. Mitch is crying to the ref, whatever the case may be. Sheldon's getting all the, all the blame. Fire him. He can't motivate his players. He's a bum. He's in over his head. I think he can't win with this team. Fire him. But then when the team is amazing. Or they come back in epic fashion down by two or three goals and they win the game in overtime. How come nobody says anything about Sheldon doing a good job of motivating the players and getting them involved and and helping them come back? How come it's only the bad stuff and never the good stuff? That's been going on the entire time he's been here. No, it hasn't. Because, right? No, it hasn't. Because early on, everyone was giving him the leash because because we well, couldn't. I think the leash was there. But we couldn't wait to get rid of Babs. That's, that's the difference. There's two factors of player. There's time that's passed, right? Is that everyone gets sick of the coaches over a certain period of time when there's not been any sustained success. Right. And the other part of it is like the players we're dealing with, right? Like uh, we're so invested in this group of players that it's like, okay, well, these guys are just, they're here and that's what's happening. Right. So as soon as things don't go bad, it's always the coach first, right? Yeah. Everyone runs there. Cause it's like, it's, it's too easy. And I think the frustration that we spoke about earlier about the, you know, uh, uh, the, how long it took for the lines to start getting seriously shuffled and like on a, you know, going into the game, like yeah. starting. Yes. Practicing. Not just, not just, yeah, practicing, not just on the fly, two shifts here, three shifts there, third, yeah. third game that's going poorly already. So, <laughs> yeah. But one of my buddies made it, put it perfectly. He said, Sheldon has now reached the point in his tenure where he receives 100% of the blame. And zero percent of the credit. Yeah, he'll he'll and he look at it every year. Despite the Leafs' regular season success, he's nowhere to be found in the Jack Adams voting. So this is not just with the fans. This is this is a, a league wide thing, right? That's going on here. Where I don't think I think when when you have you know the high expectations, the high level of talent that 
you're not going to the expectation is that you exceed expectations almost and that when that even goes back to from a fan standpoint too where we want the moon all the time yeah right? but it's, it's hard to consistently raise the bar yeah when like all he's done since he's gotten here is break 117 year old records exactly so it's team. like what is you know what what more can you do especially to be afforded you know more than a dozen games before people are calling for your head in the regular season yeah well you you talked about personnel and and while i agree with you that the core personnel has remained the same, so you know what you're getting. I think that the personnel actually is a pretty strong indictment of the difference in team structure, Lesko, because in, in previous seasons, maybe last two or three seasons, the Leafs had, like I said, they'd been vastly improved defensively, and I think that had to do with the types of players that they had, the possession metrics, the speed, uh, and that allowed them to play with the puck more often. And what that did was that translated to better analytics on the defensive side yeah. because they had the puck more. And when they didn't have the puck, they were actually pretty darn good at getting it back again. Mm-hmm. Now what we're seeing is when they don't have the puck, they're not that great at getting it back again. They're kind of flat-footed and they have to basically wait until the puck goes out of play or the goaltender, for a break. Or the goaltender can snag one and hang on to it. And I think that the personnel is a strong indictment of that in the sense that this is a different team, Lesko. Right. This is a much different team, structurally speaking, playing with more physicality, more grinder, snot kind of thing that we talk about. And it's going to take a little bit of time for this pot of stew to sit around before it starts tasting great. Yeah. You got all the ingredients are in there, but it doesn't taste great until it it starts to settle. And I think we're starting to see that now approaching the what the quarter mark of the season yeah it's the same thing we talked about earlier just that you know like giving guys time to settle in adjust to systems all that kind of stuff um you know the Leafs you think about the guys who run that show the players that run that show have been doing this for a while right and you got new bodies in there that are trying to figure it out so I think for you know first thing is having the line settle um Another big part of it, too, is three starting D out. That's going to drive a lot of that. So I think it's going to take some time. I think the back end is going to need a bit of surgery. Um, I wouldn't expect or I wouldn't be surprised, sorry, if Zadorov or Tanev ended up on our back end at some point this season. Uh, Just would be interesting to see the price that it would cost to get there. Um, Have you seen the highlight pack of some of his hits? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They are outrageous. Like these, these, these guys are, are monster. These are some hits that, like, I'm surprised the player survived. <laughs> like, <laughs> not not because they're dangerous, like from behind or anything. I'm just mostly in jest there. But like, they're just so hard. They're so hard, and they're at a high rate of speed. And he is such a monster. He glides into you while you're skating forward. Because in this NHL, let's go. Players do not peak as much as they once did they're not looking for it well it's especially in the open it's just the peaking you know they used to peak and they they still do but some guys don't they'll pick it up and maybe they get the word get away with it you got time you got time and then zadorov hears the fact that his teammate just told him he's already going time no you don't have time yeah i'm stepping india it'll be interesting to see like calgary obviously off to another bad start i think that um yeah they're fucked yeah, it, it's sad a little bit, but they're obviously going to have to trade Zadorov at some point this season, and it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of other selling, so to speak, like just 
maximizing, maybe not, you know, completely folding on what they've invested all their money in. And I would think at this point in time, you're not getting value if you're trying to in- move those big money players. But I'm still afraid to overpay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because and, there's apparently there's multiple suitors, and that just means – that just screams overpay to me. I thought it was crazy that they got him for a third-round pick all those years ago from – I think it was Colorado, Colorado. who was just in a pinch trying to dump cap, I believe, at the time. Yes. They got him for nothing, and they're probably going to get, you know, probably a first-rounder or something. They're, right. Somebody's going to pay, right? And um, – yeah, it just shows you what the market's like for defensemen. I just kind of thought it was a little overblown. Honestly, though, once I saw the highlight pack of his hits, I I dialed back my uh, negative attitude because originally I was like, okay, hey, guys, what are we doing here? This guy comes to Toronto, lays a big hit, goes like this with the gloves, pretends, does anyone want to fight me? No one wants to fight me because you guys are all bitches. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden, we, we're rock hard. <laughs> we're stroking it, and we're just like, oh, we got to have Zadorov. Like, I didn't understand where the hype came because he came to Toronto, laid one hit, and then told his general manager that he wants out. The, the funniest part about that whole thing was his agent posting that uh, tweet there where he says, you know, he's, he's basically getting traded, and then tags the Maple Leafs. Like, it was a foregone conclusion that he was going there. Right. Which is such a weird thing because he doesn't have control over that. No, of course not. Right? But so, but you know how it is, dude. Like, when you come and play in Toronto, you're in the circus. So it, if you want to get a message it's, out. it's weird for you to stoke the circus like Yeah, it that. is weird. Is that just, stoke the and, circus. You know, I, I'm thinking about it from, like, a business standpoint, from the agent standpoint. He's probably just really just stoking the hype, right? Like, yeah. Maxima, he's almost doing Calgary a favor by hyping up. The potential trade. Oh, absolutely, right? dude. You're getting. You're right. You're right. It does help Calgary. That it draws ha- attention to like the potential suitors. Right? Well, hey, I'll tell you one thing. That agent's tweet helps Calgary a hell of a lot more than fucking Pierre LeBrun's tweet helped the Maple Leafs today. <laughs> Did you read that? Did you read that article? Well, that's. Did you catch that's that? That's all there's been. There's been. Uh, you know, I've enjoyed a couple of the stories that came out of last weekend uh, talking about you know, the experience over there and Willie being a superstar over there and all that stuff. And of course we got, you know, 80 other articles come out Monday morning about how, how much it's going to cost. So yeah, but did, we can never have fun. Remember? Yeah. But do you know the article I'm referring to the anonymous GM? Oh yeah. I never, I can't even take those things seriously. Yeah, but dude, neither, neither do I, but listen, you're, how, how serious of a, a, a statement are you going to get from a guy who's not even putting his name on it? Yeah, you but, know, for one of these articles that they use just to friggin' get Leaf fans to cheer, click on. Okay, you know but, what I mean, listen. So I don't think you, I don't think you're un- appreciating the angle that I'm going to throw at you right now. That article is, in, in Frank, quite frankly, it's illegal. It's illegal. General managers are not allowed to talk about that. Okay, that's tampering. So they're anonymous. They're doing it anonymously, right? right. So that they can't... So does that make it not tampering? Of course it does because they're anonymous. You can't say what general manager said that. But the fact of the matter it's is... It's not like the, the league does anything about that shit No, anyway. but what I'm trying to say to you though, Lesko, is 
the rival GMs are going to say stupid numbers like 11 and 12 and a half right. and 13 to drive the fucking price up. That's right. And if, well, if I'm the Maple Leafs, man, I have a problem with that article. I'm not pissed off at Pierre Lebrun or anything. I love Pierre Lebrun. I'm just, I'm just calling it as it is, Lesko. Right. That article hurt the Maple Leafs. I guess so, but... Uh, it it hurt. It doesn't change the fact that Nylander and his agent already know they get more money in the open mar- market. Bar none. I know that, right? but now you have ten. <clears throat> now you have ten actual general managers actively working in the league who have anonymously said that fair market value is eleven yeah. and a half. But it's not like something you can point to. Why right? not? Because like the they know. There's nothing that that general manager knows that Trey doesn't. No, I know that. Right? I know that, but I'm still saying it doesn't help. It hurts. It I, hurts. I suppose. I, I I don't put a ton of stock into it. I, I guess. I, yeah, I'm probably over overthinking it. To but be I, honest but with I, you, I, but I'm curious as to how you read into it. Is like, is this really just gamesmanship? From a rival GM, GM. Oh, the right? G- are they just stirring the pot for the fucking sake? Well, of the it, joke right? was the the one GM that said twelve and a half. It's got to be Kyle Dubas. Right? Just for fucking around? Just to fuck around. I think fair value is 12 and a half, Pierre. I think, I think uh, Kyle Dubas <laughs> got to worry about his own ship there. But there were some answers that Pierre put in the article I thought were pretty cool. They were well thought out. Like How the, does he have time for that? He's like, got two jobs. Like the response was long. Like right. it was it was basically copy paste from a text message and and some of the answers were were fun to read like they were well thought out about about the other players and some other comparables in the league like Pasternak, Aho. We hear this every day yeah. when we're talking about it. But just overall I just it kind of was messy to me. It was messy. It was a little bit icky because you had actual general managers going on the record, but not really. Like, they were on the record. Their words are on the record, right? Their words are on the record, but their name isn't. Yeah. So they can still put their words out there for all of the hockey world to consume. Right. Nylander himself is looking at the article and going, oh, I wonder what GM would give me 12 and a half. Nylander's not looking at any No, articles. I know. I know, dude. You know what I'm just saying. That's the best part about that guy. I'm just you saying. know he is not reading one fucking thing. That's out there. Not one thing. And that's great. It, you it might re- read Instagram comments from Biddies, but it, that's about it. reflects it. in his play. Yeah. Um, speaking of GMs, pour one out for a friend of the show, Pierre Dorian. Ah, uh, okay. yes. Yes. Uh, we, lost, we lost a good one there. Um, inevitable, I guess. I felt like he was fortunate to make it to the season to begin with. Um, I understood why they kept him because I think they were looking for stability and I think that's the reason DJ Smith might still be here you know, until the end of the season, regardless of what happens. I, I agree with because that. Because it's been such a shit show. They were supposed to move on. They got a new owner, a bunch of money, spent it into the cap, and it could not have, like, stumbling twice out the gate. And granted, for the owner, things well beyond his control. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierre Dorian falls on the sword for that very confusing uh Vegas debacle. So if you don't know the the full story, the story goes is that when you have when you go to trade somebody to another team, you need to advise them of their no trades and what those they give them the list essentially that's part of the deal. They did not tell Vegas this. Trade him to Vegas, Vegas goes to trade him to San Jose, finds out after they made the deal that he can't actually go there contractually speaking and 
lose that trade. And that was right like a late deadline day deal, I believe, last year. Yeah, it was Anaheim. Right. So Vegas to Anaheim. I thought it was kind of odd. And I, and this may be why I felt bad for him initially. I'm like, you mean this shit's on cap friendly? Isn't it? I guess the no trade list is not, but right. the, the te- fact the that they have aren't. a no trade yeah. clause. The teams so aren't. you probably have to ask yourself if you're acquiring someone, you go, hey, is is there an, an NTC and what's the list look like? So I, I, I find it funny that the rules play to, place the onus on the guy giving up the player to give up that information. Well, it is. You know what I mean? But it is the the onus is on. I know, and on that's him, why, and that's why they got farmed. Find a first round pick, which is pretty, pretty steep. Like, is that? Do we? Th- do you think that's over the top? No, I don't, because because a. So what did it cost? What did it cost Vegas ultimately? Well, it cost them the ability to make was that it, trade. Was it like a third round pick or something? It doesn't really matter though. The point. Right. The point right. is, is that a. Dorian's actions were clearly malicious in nature. There's no chance that he forgot. You think so? Yeah, of course. You think he, he totally tried to, to slip that, one in? It's not that he tried to slip one in, okay? He traded a player successfully to another team and basically just banked <clears throat> banked on it never coming back around. Hmm. Like you don't, I'm, I'm you gonna, don't think this is like uh, Vegas is not on his list. You don't think this is classic like senators incompetence, like no, organizational I don't. incompetence. You think he fully was malicious? Yeah. And here uh, I'll trade you to Vegas because Vegas isn't on the list. And you're so desperate to to sell because yeah. it was a bad deal he gave him. Yes. So I'm getting rid of the player. There is a chance. There's a there's a one in. Well, sorry. There's a ten out of thirty two. But he, there, and wasn't a, he on like a longer-ish deal? Like it was almost inevitable he get traded. I again. don't remember to be honest. But at the end of the day, what I'm what I'm trying to portray here is that I think I think the hope for Dorian was that if and when Vegas attempts to trade the player, one of two things might happen. One, the team that Vegas is trying to trade him to is not, not on, on the, the list. It's not on the <laughs> That's list. So ballsy. But, but you know what? He's got ten. Only ten teams are on the list. So that's only ten right. strikes. So if Vegas tries so to trade in your favor a little bit, yeah. There. And the other thing that could happen, Lesko, is perhaps the player has a has um, a change of thought, and the GM says we have a deal in place for you to go to Carolina, and Carolina's on his list. But now maybe he doesn't think so badly of Carolina anymore. So you know, I, I think I think wow. Dorian had he was ballsy. You got to think. If I that's, think he was ballsy. If that's the prevailing narrative in the hockey world that he's not going to get another job anytime soon. Maybe not. I kind of thought, you know, he's he's uh, got an eye for talent, all that kind of stuff. Somebody bring him in somewhere else. So Maybe we can get him back on the show. He might have time. <laughs> Maybe we can get the answer straight from the horse's mouth back on the show. Yeah, he definitely um, he got a rough go, I'll say. He got a rough go throughout well, throughout, starting with Eugene. Yes, it was course. a tough one. But let's go. Let me tell you, though, I, I really don't think that the first-round pick is is harsh. Do you think that's going to stick? Because it's three years away. I it, could really see them throwing throwing Amar a bone. He just spent a billion dollars on the Senators. They may not. The, the Kovalchuk penalty never that happened. That just evaporated. Yeah, so I could see this one uh, evaporating as well. But here's my issue, though, Lesko. The reason why I don't think it's harsh is because – his actions directly affected another NHL franchise's ability to operate. Yeah, it did hinder. That's their, why it's severe. It, it to me. restricted. 
I guess the control they thought they had over yeah. the players. And I so. listen, Lesko, I don't care how much money the player is making. I don't care how good or bad the player is. I don't care if he's on a two-way deal. Like you can give me all these things to say, well, who cares, Coley? He's only yeah, yeah. I don't care. You gotta treat it all the same way. The fact of the matter is he handcuffed another NHL franchise, and that is unacceptable. Right. In my opinion, professionally speaking, that's unacceptable and, and someone needs to pay heftily for it. And I, I hate to I hate to, you know, make this connection, but I'm going to anyway because it was relevant in some of my discourse on this topic. A lot of people were saying, Oh my god, Ottawa gets fined a first round pick for a clerical error and Chicago gets to draft Connor Bedard after they covered up sexual abuse. Okay. These are completely unrelated completely unrelated and the penalties are equally as unrelated the kyle beach situation in chicago was an internal chicago blackhawk organizational issue and if you want to find yeah, but them, i'm not comparing penalties between either of those things like that's what I, I know there's no there's no sense in doing that so why like why why was that that was a prevailing narrative for at least 24 to 48 hours that's just, after that, but that's the world today everything's whataboutism right so everything's yeah, got to right. be like well, what about this what about, what that? about yeah. that what about that like you have to you have to understand how the league as a business is looking at this and they can both be bad repercussions if in your mind you can you can they're in different you lanes you can be that you can disagree with either of the pun- both of the punishments or, or not yeah sure yeah sure. yeah i agree yeah you know, i agree like, like that doesn't have to be uh like i was getting dragged because i i said i was like look i think i think that what dorian did whether it was malicious or not now this is when the news first broke i said i think what dorian did is 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 one of the worst things that you could do Simply because of the fact that it affected another NHL franchise. Well, it's just like you know, you're not operating in good faith. Like you pulled pulled the wool over the eyes of another of another team, and and you were talking transactions, like not just like a you know, I gave him a bad scouting advice or mm-hmm. something like that. We're talk we're talking about you know screwing with their roster. So. That's right, and it's kind Especially of unfortunate the, because it, the the list isn't available, right? Like the the fact that the player has a modified no trade, we know what that means. There's yeah. a list. But we're not privy to the list, nor should we be, Lesko, because that can that can change how people perceive a player based on his list, right? So you don't want that list to be public until the team says, look, man, you're in trade talks. We want your list. And you know how that works, right? Like the team asks the player to submit their list, which is kind of interesting to me, dude, because, because if I'm the player and you're my general manager... And I sign a contract with you and I tell you that I want a 10-team no trade. I don't have to give you that 10-team like when we sign the deal. Don't you think that's Is that it? how that works? Yeah. Yeah. So the 10-team. So team, at the time they, that they go, we want to trade you, you can just rhyme off your 10-team. Exactly. Right. So it could change. So there's an ex- either existing list on the record or. There is no existing list on right, the record. Right. So it's just, it can, it's flexible. It's just yes. 10 teams and, and I can tell you when I want. No, you, you, you tell me when I ask you to. Right. So that means I might be trading you. So I ask you February 11th, the trade deadline right. is coming next month. I'm going to ask all my, and it could be all the players, right. let's go, whether you're getting traded or not. Um, I'm asking all of the players' agents to submit their, right. you know, some players have five team, 10 team, whatever the case may be. So I think that's really interesting, let's go, because the 10 team no trade is just that. It's not these 10 teams. It's just 
10 teams. Gotcha. So you get to pick, which furthers my thought about Dorian. Because the list is not somewhere in a fucking on a notepad. It's not on a napkin it's somewhere. It's on the contract. But like it's, it's not. It's on fucking... But the, the fact that he has a no-trade yes. clause is right on the cap-friendly page. Yes, that's I have right. access to yeah. that information. Yeah, you're right. That is a huge problem. That's a huge problem. But you <laughs> see, so again, though, I'm, I'd be interested to be a fly on the wall there. Did Vegas know about the 10-team the no-trade? And, and and I guess they I guess they wouldn't have known it at all because... Well, they, they it came up when they tried, tried, to, trade tried to trade him. Anaheim. And then they're, they're pissed, right? And you're talking about a new owner as well who just sunk a ton of money into a franchise who's definitely got Gary on speed dial. He like, was pissed. Really easy to get a hold but of, dude, I'm sure. So, and, and so how- you got to think about how hard, you know, you got two teams you pissed off here, right? So you have two teams coming after one team. Like that's, I guess I think that's why maybe the, punishment was so harsh too. Oh, you're right, right dude because anaheim yeah i never why did i not consider that that's right anaheim got fucked over so you have two they, owners yeah colin gary all pissed off right yeah so i can but, see that happen how about um, ann lauer's press conference too eh I, I really pissed. liked it though i liked and it too he definitely won some goodwill with the fans there by just kind of like he was very real about it yeah and i think it helped that he got to share with the fans in that they're pissed off. I'm pissed off. We're all pissed off. Kind of screw you to the NHL sort of thing. And pretty bold for a guy who had just bought a team. But it was quite interesting the fact that he was not made aware that this was ongoing. So that is a a legitimate gripe. Or the Pinto thing. Or the Pinto thing either. Somebody should have brought that attention. And I don't know, again, is that – Ottawa's internal organization failure? Is that the NHL? Is it both? Oh, it's definitely both. I think both. it's probably both. It's definitely both. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't think Gary Bettman and Michael Andlauer had fucking coffee? Yeah. Yeah. A little bagel? A little breakfast sandwich at Starbucks while they're talking about a billion-dollar fucking deal, and you can't tell me about these two investigations that I have coming down the pipe and the fact that I'm going to lose a first-round pick over it? I mean, they wouldn't have, like... Ultimately, although he was the last man standing, so maybe it could have affected the price, but we're talking like, I don't know. The interesting thing, though, is so I've seen, and I'm not going to throw out any numbers, but there is there's some numbers out there that quantify the value of picks and how much they can be worth. So, like, you look at a first Like monetary value? Yeah, projected monetary value of a pick, right, and how... You know, the higher the pick, obviously, the more they're potentially worth. Okay. And essentially that a player like, you know, Connor Bedard, for example, is worth tens of millions, upwards of over $100 million potentially, right? So if you look at the potential dollars lost of um, this first round pick, for example, you know, first overall, let's say, right. some some generational talent, we're talking serious fucking money. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why there, there's definitely an argument, I think, for them to come out the league and be like, listen, you know, I just show them the check you just paid for this team and yeah. be like, this is how much you're potentially... There's there's some, there's some a way to quantify it, I guess I think, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good point. I never even looked at it that way. And it doesn't have to be first overall or top 10. It could be, uh, it could be a player that you right. drafted in the second round, uh, 47th overall, and he ends up becoming a first-line star in this league, generating millions of dollars in revenue for the NHL. People buying his jersey, yeah. putting, their name, putting his name on their back. So, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I never really thought about it that way. So we'll go uh, on a positive note here on Ottawa. Uh, Steve Steos, good hire. Okay. President, 
he pulls a Call of Duty, which makes himself GM, but I guess his hand was a little bit forced. Looks in the mirror. So You're ex- my guy. <laughs> That's right. I expect them to have a probably a pretty long search, maybe not even see anybody come in that role till late or even into uh, at post the season. Yeah. Um, uh, good hire, Matt Nickel, uh, director of player health and performance, founder of BioSteel. He used to oh. work with the Leafs and a lot of guys, Gary Roberts. Former Shark. Um also sold BioSteel to, uh, I can't remember, the weed company, the shitty weed company there. Shitty weed company? Yeah, uh, that, that went tits up there, bankrupt. But, okay. Uh, he cashed out. Smart guy. Smart guy. Smart guy. So that's, uh, it seems they're bringing in some good personnel. I would expect a lot of turnover in that front office uh, and a lot of additions too because, you know, a bit of a shoestring uh, organization there for a number of years. So some, uh, some good things to get excited about. How about the on-ice product, though? Because that is a very interesting and I would say exciting team to watch. They've got offense. They've got talent. They're very porous. Uh-huh. Um, I would say not just on the back end, but as a team. I, 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 I would like to say it's growing pains, and I maybe there was some overhype going into the season. But did you expect them to be a bit better right now? Oh, like, absolutely. Right now, the Ottawa Senators, they're sitting at 8-7, and 16.7th in the Atlantic. Um, it's early, but this is starting to look, to me, like a similar situ- situation as last year where they're like outside looking in, possibly comp- competing for a spot. Yeah, I, I, ex- I expected them to be more like the Detroit Red Wings. Um who, to be to be fair, are only uh, three points better with two games in hand. So games in hand are only games in hand if you win them. Uh, assuming Ottawa wins them, then they will be right there with Detroit. So a couple more wins. They're they're win. Um, they're on a three game win streak right now. So if they can tack on a couple more and right the ship. As we enter American Thanksgiving, that seems to be that time that everyone likes to look at the standings. I I don't want to call them out of it, but it's going to be tough because the Atlantic Division is a gauntlet. Everyone except Montreal. And even Montreal is not a rollover team. Everybody says it's, you know, has been saying for a while now it's a problem for the Maple Leafs. You know, Buffalo getting better, Montreal getting a little bit better, Ottawa getting better, Detroit getting better. There's no gimmies, right? But the same story goes for those three, all those teams we just mentioned, trying to scrap their way into a playoff spot. Right. I think Buffalo fans are having a similar feeling as Ottawa fans right now, where it's like, you know, this team is good, but they're they're buried in a tough dogfight in that division. I mean, honestly, dude, Tampa has 20 points. They've played 18 games. Ottawa has 16 points. They've played 15 games. So they win those three games, and they're tied with Tampa. So who are we more? Co- are you more confident in the Edmonton Oilers making the playoffs right now than the Ottawa Senators? Oh my God, what a question that is! Five, ten, and one seventh in the Pacific. What as of a today? Question that is. They only have eleven points. I don't even know what to say. Like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Now I wasn't as high as everybody was on Edmonton. This year or last year, um, but like McDavid is is human. He has thirteen points in fourteen games. Yeah, he's a bum. He has he's fifth on the Oilers in scoring. 
So that's going to change. And dry cell, same thing. You know, performing, underperforming. I'll answer your question. But I are ha- they at a point where they can't outscore the problems? I because have more faith in Edmonton than Ottawa. But how do you do? How do you do it with sub nine hundred goaltending? Skinner had a worse out goals uh, save percentage than Campbell when Campbell got sent down to the minors, and <laughs> Campbell was eight seventy three, and at the time Skinner was sporting an eight fifty. Yeah, but Skinner was kind of on the on the up and up. Well, he's a young prospect. You're no, still no, invested I, in it. No, but right? I mean, even in that small window. Right, like, like improving play. Yeah, yeah, like he was he he was on the up and up. He had a bit of a down downfall since then. But my main reason for being more bullish on Edmonton making than Ottawa, outside of Edmonton's pedigree, which states that they should be in there. Mm-hmm. People had them for the cup this year. So, of course, they should be in there. But remove the pedigree. For me, it's because of the simple fact that the Pacific Division is not the Atlantic Division. It stinks. The Pacific Division stinks. And the division, to be quite honest with you, is hanging around. Like they're, they're letting oh, – sorry, I kind of said that wrong. The division is letting the Oilers hang around a, right. little, a little bit. Not, not a ton, but they are a little bit. Like if Edmonton can rhyme off a few victories in a row, they're going to be right back up there you know, challenging for a wild card. I do think that top three in the division is out of the picture, uh, if you ask me. Today, I believe that's out of the picture, but I, I, really, I really think that they can make a move uh, for a wild card position. Them getting smacked three times in the first month of the season by Vancouver, I think really shook them up. Yeah. Like, that that gets in your head. There's a team that you've probably been dummying on a regular basis for several years. Oh, slam dunks Like, every that has really got a mess with, I think, their heads. But the goaltending thing is so bad. And now, I guess maybe optimistically you could say, it's got to get better. It can't be this bad forever, worse, right? Yeah. Or it can't get much worse. Hold my beer. Yeah, hold my beer, says Jack Campbell. AHL Jack Campbell putting up an 819 in the A. He's cooked. I know, dude. Did you see that one goal? He's 100% cooked. Did you see that one goal? It It was just trickling towards the net. He just like lost, completely lost it like he couldn't see. It looked like he went to scoop it or something and it went in. That is just, that's sad. Like I feel bad for the guy. Great guy. But Tries hard, man, loves the game, got a paycheck. He probably hates the game right now. Good for him, though. He got a paycheck. Uh, he did he ever, and you I'm so f- glad the Leafs aren't the ones Thank to you, have Thank you, Dubas. You Thanks, Dubas, for but like, like, Just back to the standings real quick, Lesko. You look at that wild card. Just off the top of your head, don't look at the standings if you have them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know because you looked at them recently, mm-hmm. but can you, can you name the two wild card teams in the West right now? In the West? Yeah, just take a stab. Like... I'll, I'll, here, I'll give you the th- I'll give you the six teams that are holding divisional playoff spots. You can tell me the next two. So it's Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg in the Central. Yeah. Then Vegas, Vancouver, L.A. So who do you think is is holding down the first two wild card spots in the West? St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis is the first wild card spot. And I would have guessed this other one before St. Louis, but I I also think it's a, not obvious, but it would be my guess. They've been good this year. Almost surprisingly good. It's not good. Arizona. Yeah, is it? Arizona. Oh, wow. Good call. So St. Louis and Arizona lead the wild card. 
So are you telling me that the Oilers, even though they really stink right now, like are you telling can't me can't catch one of those pumps? Ca- <laughs> yeah, right. And and then it's so it's St. Louis, Arizona, one two in the University wild card. of Arizona, and then it, and then it's yeah, State University, and then it's Anaheim, Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota, Nashville, Edmonton. Yeah, they can rhyme off victories, bro, yeah. and they can they can leapfrog those teams. I, I'm fully confident that they will get into a wild a, card. A spot. big chance too, I think, that helps them get in is the power play. It was the best in the NHL. You know, last year and maybe the year before that. Historically best. They're eleven point six right now in their last thirteen. It's going to get better. The ship will write itself. They've been known power play merchants for quite some time. Mm-hmm. McDavid, Drysdale putting up a high percentage of those points. And on dude, the power don't play. kill yourself, That'll man. Change. Like, don't don't kill yourself, and don't kill Stuart. Uh, Skinner and Jack Campbell collectively because it's not just goaltending. Well, they're going to have to tighten up defensively as a team. They're going to—I I don't know—they're back end. Um, I'm not super high on them. But Alcom, Alcom is excellent, but they're not playing with the puck ever, Lesko. Exactly. They're big guns: Leon Draisaitl, Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Where are you? Like they're not playing with possession. They're not playing with confidence the way that they used to, and playing with possession. We just talked about this with the Leafs. When, when we play with possession, all of a sudden our defensive metrics are a lot better. Right. Edmonton plays with the puck. Their defensive metrics are better. It's just the way the game is. You can't, you can't have bad defense if you're rarely defending. Right. And all of a sudden, Edmonton is doing nothing but defending. They can't hold zone time. They're one and done. They're trying you know, video game plays, pass it into the middle, pass it into the middle. Like, and it's just, they're turning it over. I I do think it'll change. I I did think that they would have a a big rebound after the coaching change. You know how that normally happens, right? Right. You make the coaching change. There's like a bounce for a minute. You go on a four gamer or something like that, but that's honestly, let's go. That's what they needed. They needed a four or five gamer. Now they fired the coach Woodcroft. They brought in Knobloch and they rolled off three in a row. Was it early? To cut him loose, do you think? No. No, I don't. Do you think Connor was actually being legit when he was like, I had no idea and I'm really upset about it? Uh, no. Sorry, Connor. Do you think he was being a little disingenuous there? So. Like, Sorry, Connor. I yeah? Mean, you're, 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 you're Gretzky now. You know what I mean? Like you're you're this era's Wayne Gretzky. Is he like, LeBron in the NHL? Is he taking control? Yeah. Well, it's like that would be like, Tiger Woods telling the media that he had no idea that Jay Monahan was uh, being investigated for you know what I mean like right. Tiger you're Tiger bro you know everything about the PGA Tour you're Connor McDavid you know everything about the Edmonton Oilers I would hope so anyways otherwise he if he is pissed off that's not good either no of course not right? well I mean he's been pissed off since the moment that fucking lottery ball popped like, I don't up. know how much longer <laughs> Kenny Holland's got if uh, if this season does not turn around either. Um, you know, the Jack Campbell trade or sorry, trade signing could be, you know, spell the end if they can't correct this. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. I have a little bit more faith in them than say the, the senators and the lane is a lot more clear for them to get there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what both teams do. And all the Canadian teams have been kind of interesting this year. Say the jets are exceeding expectations. Montreal, like you mentioned, not a gimme, I, and uh, the, the sole reason I, uh, Montreal is interesting and not a gimme is the Suzuki Col- Caulfield. Those guys are high-powered offensive players. And Josh Anderson, who turns into 
Mario Lemieux when he plays the Maple Leafs. <laughs> That's so true. I okay, so I want to move on. Mario I want to move Lemieux. on here. Um, back to some off ice bullshit. Okay, hurry up. We got to wrap this shit up. I know. I know. Okay, Mike Babcock. Let me see your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I I can't. <laughs> Like two days of training camp, that's all he lasted, dude. Mike Babcock is this, the incident uh, uh, that really did it was oh, like earlier in the summer, so it wasn't even he didn't even really make it to training camp if you look right. at it that way. Mike Babcock is kind of my hero because I don't know if there's anyone on this earth that has ever been paid as much money as he has been paid. <laughs> To stay at home. To be unemployed. To stay at home. Here's here's millions of dollars. Now fuck off. Like he's basically Leahy from the trailer park boys. <laughs> I'm gonna pay you millions of dollars right now to fuck to off. Fuck off. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what's happening right now. It's just wild. I like I I okay, not surprised at all. I can't believe this didn't come out sooner, and I wonder if it's just because he went quietly. But everyone knew he was making a comeback. It was a foregone conclusion that he was getting hired day one. That contract money dried up for yeah. the Maple Leafs, and right. that's basically what happened. It is exactly. I'm sure they the were. I'm sure there was several teams that talked to him, and nobody learned anything. It's like everyone forgot or didn't care. Or whatever. It's that typical like old boys NHL strikes again type thing. Yeah. So I think. And they're they're horrible right now. They've lost nine straight games. Okay, Yarmo and John Davidson better start dusting off the old resumes. Oh, they're done because this is just it. Just keeps getting worse for them. And missing out on that first overall that uh, um, beyond their control, but definitely a, a kick in the ass, like a kick in the pants for them because they could have they could have reset everything. With them, and then they stumble out the gate with the coaching issues. Mike Babcock just can't help himself. Eh? Man, at one point, Yarmo was the fucking the tits of the league. What was it like? Oh, he's so smart and right. all this and that. Very and savvy. All these trades. I don't think he makes it out of this. Dude. Patrick Laine getting benched. Yeah, like it's I a don't shit show. In I don't think he makes it out of this. Like Pascal Vincent, the coach, un- almost unfortunate for him the way he gets kind of thrust into it. Yeah. He gets thrust into it, but now he's benching, you know, former all-stars and they don't even know, they don't even know this guy's name. Babcock would have done it too. Yeah, oh yeah. Babcock <laughs> would have done it too. But I, I, I almost like, I feel badly for a guy like Pascal Vincent because of the nature in which he was thrust into the position. And now he's doing his best to try and get some motivation behind the players. But yeah, L nine, do you think win streak? L nine, that's a tough one. Minus nineteen goal differential on the season. Do you think this was a concerted effort by some of the players to get rid of him, like the the leaks to Biz and all that stuff that started the firestorm around this? And shout out Biz and shout out uh, you know the players who who did corroborate the stories some of them allegedly from the Maple Leafs it sounded like as well yeah that there I mean, was similar shenanigans that's why when I figured out that some Maple Leaf guys were talking about it that well why why this hadn't come up before because if you recall back when you got far from the lease a bunch of shit kind of came out yeah and uh, in the months that followed so I it's surprising that this didn't come out but you know for all we know I, you know, Yarman did, either did not do his due diligence or didn't care about 
what player X thought yeah, anybody yeah. had to say, but yeah. I, I think that that burned them. Look. It burned them in like in spectacular fashion. Like the Ottawa Senators only had the spotlight off of them yeah. for like uh, the first week of training camp. Yeah, it's true <laughs> because of the Columbus Blue Jackets. No, it's a tough look, man. And I, I, I could see, I could see it being calculated by the players um, to to move them out. And and it doesn't surprise me to hear that former players would have been willing to speak out like in that negative way, right? Like that's a tough, it's a tough thing to do, Lesko, to bury a guy. Right? Isn't it? Don't you think it's tough to do to bury someone, especially when they're no longer a part of your life anymore? But I think that that goes to show you the lengths, the lengths at which Babcock would go to to mind fuck his players. And there's the exercise power of Yeah, and, and but what I'm getting at is that there's there's a severe dislike, probably bordering on actual hatred for this man. And you see it with other players not shying away at all and saying like, this is one of the worst human beings that you will ever meet. And that's, and that's a really harsh thing to say. And that was a surprising thing. Like there's people on record talking about him like that. That's what so, I'm like, saying. It's out there. It's, it's out it's there. Known, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Like from Yarmo's perspective. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I don't so know. I, I, I don't know how he survives it to be honest. I think there's a big, I think there's a big time shakeup coming in Columbus and, Word was ownership was really pissed off about that, and I, I just can't believe. I, I uh, no, I can believe it. That's the thing. I just can't believe that this had to happen again for us to rehash the Mike Babcock situation, and that he's a dick. Right? It's it's already well established, well known, almost fact in the hockey world that the guy's a dick, and it's the old. Well, I don't care. You know, he can coach, so players will learn to live with it, type thing. But like. You know, if I'm play, I'm a player too, and you're bringing a known dickhead as my coach. I, I, I'm that's not going to look good when I, you got to talk to me to sign me next summer. Yeah, I know, right? right? Yeah, like wh- who's steering this ship? I don't know. It's, I, I honestly think it's going to be someone new. It's going to be someone new come next season. Maybe it's Pierre Dorian. Maybe he's ready to Maybe get back. Maybe it's Pierre Dorian. Maybe he's ready to get back into it. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think you go from. One guy who frigged up to another guy frigged, frigged up. up. <laughs> speaking of frigged up, we got to wrap this up. But speaking of frigged up, I said friggin' on the Lumber Kings broadcast no. on Sunday. <laughs> it's a good thing you're just online. <laughs> yeah, but I don't mind it. Like, what's the problem? You know, you can say, you can say, uh, oh, he's giving was him it hell. Like, uh, was he's it giving like, him hell, Rich. Was it a situation that? Like an exciting situation where you getting carried away type thing, or uh, yeah, I can't remember. Like, see, we Rich and I when it wasn't we do like the games, you s- tried to cover an F bomb. Like, no, friggin' no, no, that would be worse. <laughs> that would be no, no, very obvious. No, I used it on purpose. Right, you just slipped it in there. Yeah, I, um, I think I was, uh, I think Rich and I were having some fun like uh, during the intermission break. It wasn't like while the play was going on, and he was kind of giving me the gears, and I was like. I can't remember exactly what I said. I was like, you're the one that friggin' told me, Rich. Like, <laughs> just kind of like that, you know, like used it in, in a right. sentence, like uh, pure Valley slang. Yeah. You know, and I, once I said it, I was kind of like, was that bad? I was like, was that, was that a bad thing to say? Like, because people say things like, oh, he's pissed. Like, to me, that's more of a swear word than friggin'. I don't know. I don't know about that. Isn't friggin' just a stand in for fucking? But it's, 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, not really. Not around here, anyway. Like you say, it's freaking cold outside, man. Like, I know you could say it's fucking cold <laughs> outside, but, like, if you're on national radio, for example, like the Overdrive boys are. Yeah, like, you might oh, get in trouble if you're doing an NHL game. Somebody oh, might, oh, yeah, somebody of course. Somebody might slap you there. Yeah, but of course, of yeah, course. The sponsors but, didn't start calling, ringing on. Ringing the phones off the hook on Monday, <laughs> yeah. eh? No, not that I, well, not that I'm aware of. Shout out Lumber Kings winning some games this year, dude. So they got uh, over 800 people a night. Well, yeah, that's this, good. This season's been great. They were down three nothing. Do you think it's just because the winning, or they they make it a bit more effort? Do you think to get some butts in the seats? Oh no, the the same thing that you said before about Toronto's game ups. Right. The Lumber Kings games are definitely there's more stepped going. Up. On. I noticed they yeah. stepped up a social presence too. They have They've more of a social a presence, more like um, pr- uh, promotional shit. Yeah, there's so. more stuff going on inside the building. That's the, good. the players are going. They're shooting the t-shirt cannon around. It, it nice. it's a, it's a fun time. I gotta man. go to a game. I haven't been. in You a while. should, dude. Yeah. They were down three nothing. Last night, and they came back to win 4-3 uh, against Rockland, and Rockland is 12-5-3 on the year. Wow. And they were down 3 nothing in the second, and they came back and won 4-3. In regulation, Here's too. Here's a question. They're wearing cages for the first time. Yeah, right? it's a league rule. Is there any, Has there been any scraps? Yeah, there's been a couple scraps. And what are they... Like, is it like a minor hockey scrap just trying so hard to rip the bucket off? No, I think... Um, so, one, one of the scraps was... Two visored wearing players because the older players are. Oh, their grandfather. Yeah. Okay. So one of the fights was two visored players, and the other one was uh, two caged players. And I can't honestly, dude, I can't really remember, but I'm almost positive the first order of business was like ripping buckets off, and it's kind of like understood because they're not allowed to take it off. They're basically letting it, almost letting each other get them off so they can get going. Exactly, because you're not allowed to take it off. If you take it off yourself, you're 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 up for a suspension. Right. Um, but if if over the course of a scrum, I get yours and you get mine, right. then we get to fight each other. Gotcha. So I think one of them was kind of that. Like you kind of said, they kind of let the other guy right. get the helmet off. And then off. you're off, off and running. And then we're off. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I can recall like back in the playing days is that was the first order of business was trying to get Buddy's bucket off yeah. and not get yours off because yes. then you, you got to unload. And there was once or twice where I got mine ripped off real quick. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh. Yeah. It was like, put some distance. Arm's length. You know, went from a scrum to like, it's fine, it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> some six-foot monster just rips my bucket off in two seconds. Yeah. I'm going to need to see a Ref. birth. Yeah. I'm going to need to see a birth certificate, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'm wrapping it up. I told Kirstie okay, I'd do be it. done at 7 o'clock. I think that's plenty of show made up for at least maybe one episode. Yeah, being late. I think so too. And I mean, covered a little bit of things. Edmonton's up to a one nothing lead. There you go. There you go. Over the Florida Panthers here on this November evening. Thanks for joining us here on the Pucks Indie Podcast, episode one thirteen. You can follow us on Twitter at Lesko Adam, at Coleman forty two, and at PuckPod on X. Or find us on Facebook. Do you call it Have X? Have you been updating the Facebook? No. Oh. Do you call it X or do you call it Twitter? No, I still call it Twitter. I think everybody still calls it Twitter. Yeah. It'll be Twitter forever. Or Just shitter. Kind of like the new RO. Was the new RO <laughs> for 18 years. And you still called it CHRO? <laughs> CHRO. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, I don't know when we'll see you again, but let's try and get back to a little bit more of a regular schedule. We'll see what um, we can do. If not next week, I think the week after that, let's go. We'll let the Leafs get back in business. Uh, they got two games coming up this week, Friday and Saturday, both on the road at Chicago, at Pittsburgh. 
respectively. So maybe we'll marinate those games a little bit, um, get back to business uh, the following week after a few more games. But uh, it's an interesting time right now. Let's go. There's a lot of parity in the NHL. Love to see it. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good year. I'm, I'm I'm getting into it now, especially like I said, it's that time of year. I'm, I'm feeling the hockey. I've been tuning in, so uh, let's enjoy it and get another show cooking. All right, well we'll see you guys when we see you. Thanks for tuning in. Also, we'll work on a guest for you, lovely people. We got lots of guests in our repertoire, so we'll peg one for our, a show coming up. See you again soon.